Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the I Like It Spooky Horror Podcast, Flashback Weekend Chicago Horror Convention, bonus episode featuring a special segment of Why Are We Poor? Let's meet our starting lineup. First, hailing from Galesburg, Illinois, Joe Bob's biggest fan and potential stalker, number 10, Brian Godsill. Next, from an area rich with horror community enthusiasts and home of Midwest Monster Fest of the Quad Cities, hailing from Moline, Illinois, the mainstream maverick himself, number 31, Jason Underwood. And lastly, the mid-Michigan maniac whose beard will soon be bigger than he is, hailing from Brooklyn, Michigan, Number 13, Clint Michael Tacy. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to spend money. Like it spooky. Hey everybody, welcome to the I Like It Spooky bonus flashback episode. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Clint, and we're getting ready to tell you why we are extremely poor on this special edition of Why Are We Poor? Who should go first? Who bought the most stuff? Oh, we're going to jump right into this? I thought we were just going to talk about the whole con. Let's just talk, let's ease in, talk about the whole weekend. The con was amazing. How much money did you spend? I was going to say, I think the convention was Brian running the Ink Mayor's table 75% of the time and Jason and Clint going getting autographs to spend all the money. And it it worked out well. Like <laughs> It was a good time. Thank you. I watched Clint spend his money as I was taking pictures and, you know, I spent a little bit of money. I mean, it was kind of cool because I got to walk up to the people and like kind of interact with them a little bit too. And I didn't give them a cent. <laughs> so it was like when we, well, when we walked up like to Heather Langenkamp's table, I thought that was kind of cool because I wasn't going to go up and meet her. You know, I didn't, you know, I, I like Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's just, I have enough autograph stuff. I probably need to get her at some point, but I walked up there with you so you could get your awesome toy signed and. But she was she was super polite. She was interacting with both of us like as we were one person. And it was it was great. Right. And she was getting ready to just have you come back and be in the picture also. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'll just take the picture. Yeah. No, it was it was good. So are we going to talk about the weekend? Do you just want to get right into the poor stuff like what we bought? No, we can talk about the weekend. So uh, Jason brought his wife. Clint's wife was out of town. Um, something to do with work. I always fly solo. Tiffany is not a big horror movie fan. I'm not a big convention goer. I have a four-year-old now. She turned four um, a couple weeks ago. She will be my convention buddy here eventually, hopefully. Um, I think Clint and I even had that discussion, like, when do I start bringing her to these kind of things? It kind of depends on how she does with Halloween this year and you know, if she sees a Jason and she's scared, then it's like, okay, it's not time to go yet. But uh, she's also going around in a dress 
from the descendants uh, wearing one of those cheap Michael Myers masks with a little plastic knife from her kitchen set. And I'm up on the ladder hanging a picture and then the frame's super heavy for some reason. I think it's like a Michael's frame or something like that. And she comes behind me and stabs me in the leg. And I drop the picture on my ankle and I still have like the scratch and the cut from it. <laughs> so, I mean, I think she's probably do all right at a convention. And maybe we'll get a one close here, you know, early next year, close that we can travel to do a trial run, see how she does. Convention was super well run. Amazing vendors. We were surrounded by some awesome people, awesome vendors, had a great time at the convention. No one was rude to me. Clint and I went to a little after party and a super fun. The people that run the convention brought out pizza for everybody and music was playing and just, you know, staying around talking to people. I had a great weekend. Conventional thinking, I think, is you're a terrible parent or you're a terrible person if you bring a young child to a horror convention or to like a rock or a metal concert. But I tell you what, those two worlds been heavily involved in and I see people that bring your own kids. And they are two of the best, like I've seen people with real young children at Slipknot concerts and Motorhead concerts and various cons. And I think it's a fantastic thing because both of those communities look out for each other. They're very polite to each other, very cordial. They, they strike up conversations. So I think it's a great environment to, to bring young, young children and, and let them see that this scary stuff is really big, this, this big celebration. Now, granted, I think it's, maturity level you know there's some kids who just can't handle certain things and i get it but yeah it's just, it's just welcoming for all yeah there was a number of kids there um hell they had a kids costume contest was part of it you know where they kind of encourage it there's nothing at a convention that's really bad for kids to see i mean everything's pretty pretty tame i mean there's you know there's vendors with you know all horror related stuff but it's not anything you're not seeing somebody like slaughtered right in front of you or I mean, it's it's built for kids of all ages. I think she would enjoy it. I mean, if she's into horror movies a little bit, she she would have fun going and seeing everybody there dressing up, especially. Shortly after the convention got started on Friday, there was a young boy there dressed up as the Macho Man. And he had the head-to-toe outfit, and he's walking around with his mom, and she had a big box of the super long Slim Jims. And he walks by the table and I was like, oh, yes, macho man, you know, and he starts smiling and posing. And I was like, you, you've even got the Slim Jims, brother, snap into it. And he pulls one out and he hands it to me and he goes, here you go. You look like you need to snap into a Slim Jim. I think I took it. I thanked him. I hadn't, hadn't had anything to eat. I was starving, you know, and it was great. But yeah, so here's this young kid at a horror convention, not even in a horror cosplay. He was in a pro wrestling cosplay. Well, what I'm talking about, he was accepted, maybe because he was giving out Slim Jims, but still, you know, everybody loved him. He had a great time interacting with everybody. And then there was the the young kid. There was a vendor, two vendors next to us. I can't remember the name of the guy, but he had some awesome art prints. And then his kid, I think, won the kid's costume contest, but he was the uh, the brain that wouldn't die. And so this kid had like a table with all these like mad scientist stuff and like their head was, you know, above the table. I wish I could... Uh, I'll have to see if I can find a picture of that to put on social media. It was really cool. But yeah, lots lots of kids. And again, those worlds are very, uh, very cordial and inviting, unlike the anime convention that was going on at the same time, which was cool. But a lot of, of the people at the anime convention seemed very kind of withdrawn. You know, I don't know. It's like they just didn't know how to react. And it was weird. Yeah, it was a very busy place. 
I got kind of nervous driving up because I was still a good half an hour out and Brian's like, oh yeah, the parking lot's getting pretty full. And so I, of course, panic about that type of stuff. I'm like, oh my God, where am I going to park? I have to unload my stuff. I have to get this. I have to do that. So I was kind of freaking out, but now I got there and right when we get into town and we're driving by the convention center, there's tons of anime people walking around and then reading up on, um, on social media, on Facebook, like on the uh, flashback weekend uh, pages, people were complaining about that. Like that this con was going on at the same time as this con, two huge worlds coming together, busy area. My hotel room overlooked the garage, like the garage at the hotel. The next morning we saw it filling in and it was not one spot to be had. It was, thankfully there was parking across the street too, but it was pretty full. So, but we just got there, uh, parked our car, and let it sit all weekend. We didn't. We didn't go anywhere. Ordered in, ate at the hotel, had a fun weekend. It was a. It was a great time hanging out with you guys. Jason and Tanya were in the Premier Towers. They were in the penthouse. While Brian and I, the lowly peasants, were just in a normal room with a balcony, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you're, as we're walking to the elevator, there's big signs, executive wing. <laughs> like, exec- and then when I'm checking in, the lady's like, oh, you have the premier executive suite. And I'm like, I do? I'm like, how much was it? <laughs> like, I didn't want to make sure I got like, oh, you got the $400 a night room, you know? But no, it, it, was, a, it was a little upgrade. But, you know, I figured since my wife was coming, it was kind of worth it. Like, I knew... She likes horror stuff. She likes cons. She doesn't like it as much as we do. So, but she did. She, she was a trooper. She came down like right when it opened, hung out a few hours, went back to the room, came back down a little while, came back down the next day for a little while, hung out, you know, went back to the room, but it was a really good time. Tanya was great, you know, because um, I mean, I've been around her a couple of times, but I've never had the opportunity Her just her and I one-on-one to have a conversation. And at one point, Everybody had left and it was just her and I sitting there and I thought to myself, oh, okay, is this going to be awkward or not? And it wasn't, man. We just struck up a conversation and had a good old time sitting talking. So yeah, yeah. She loves you guys. Like I'm the little bit of time that she's known you. It's never anything bad to say, at least nothing I would tell you. So it was fun. This is uh flashback weekend is one of my favorite cons. Uh, first one that I ever went to was, I think, 2016. I don't know why I didn't know that there was a world of horror cons, or maybe I was just too poor to really, really get into them and do all that. And I'm glad Brian kind of found out, like, was this one of the first ones you went to with me? Was Flashback, like, years ago, like, what, 2019, maybe? It was my first one that I ever went to, yeah. I got some old pictures. I can actually, like, look them up and see when we went. You know, I try to get some good pictures um yeah that was the robert england was that year you stood in line for like three hours getting waiting to get his autograph (laughs) yeah and the way they run it this time i don't know the last hotel that it was at was across the street from this hotel like across the street and around the corner kind of they were able to just have a line and everybody would just get in the line and if you're in the line you're in the line it's not guaranteeing that you're going to meet them because if the line closes or if they decide they're, they're done you know, you're just out that time. But luckily, um, we had gotten there early. What was it? We went on a Saturday, right? Only a Saturday? We were just standing there and somebody's like, if somebody wants to meet Robert England, get in this line. And I was like, oh, thankfully he said that because we were, we were pretty close to the front of the line. But I was still in line for like two hours. It was like before the con opened. So, and then going into the con, I missed like the first hour and a half. But, but the way they did it this time, uh, you had to get tickets for it. Like they would give out you a ticket and you would have to line up when they call your number. So there, cause there wasn't a lot of space for lines and 
um, all the other celebrities. I, I wanted to meet Robert. I had two things I wanted him to sign. Well, I had multiple things. But I was going to give him two things to sign. I think that's his limit. But yeah, there was people, even on Sunday, that were going down there. They were setting their alarms in the rooms at 4 or 5 in the morning, getting up and going down there, getting in line at 5.30. And I'm just like, I, I think if I ever get Robert England's autograph, excuse me, and meet him, it's going to be like the only reason I go to that show, which is going to be tough because I'm always all over the place or there with ink bears. But yeah, it's almost like that needs to be front and center if that's what you want to do. I can imagine if you want to meet Bruce Campbell, it's kind of the same way. And then once you get that out of the way, then you can do what you want. I don't know. He does a mail-away service also run by his wife, so you can always mail stuff to them. And he'll sign it. They'll mail it back. They'll do all that stuff. So, I mean, it kind of cuts the waiting in line. But, I mean, if you actually want to meet him, which when I went up and met him, it was kind of anticlimactic. It was kind of cool. Like, oh, hey, you know. You're only up there for a couple minutes and then you move on. There wasn't really much said and you could talk to him a little bit, but I really didn't know what to say. And I've kind of found that with a lot of celebrities, you know, it's just kind of like, hey, will you sign my stuff? And thank you. I appreciate I like I love your movies. But then they hear the same shit all the time. So I don't want to be like the broken record that walks up to them. No, that's why I, I love when I go meet people and either shared an experience years ago together or through 10 different people. We know someone in some, you know. Uh, in common. Yeah, same thing. I hate, hi, hi, I like your movies. Do you please sign this? You know what I mean? But with Robert England, I was going to give him a Fred Flintstone ring. I don't know if you guys know, but he played the bit part. I was telling you, he played the bit part in um, uh, Adventures of Ford Fairlane with Andrew Dice Clay. And he was kind of like this psycho British hitman killer guy with this uh, long lost son. But they shared the Fred Flintstone ring. So I was going to be like, here you go, dad. We're, you know, just kind of because I figured everybody's there to see him. Friendly. Like, oh, man, you know, like, that's cool. You're Freddy Krueger. Let's talk about that time you were in Night Court for that one episode of Night Court, you know, and just watch and look at me like, what? And I wonder, like, in the life of an actor, do they really, yeah, do they remember that stuff? Like, oh, I was, uh, you know, because it becomes, you know, so monotonous they do it. And it was just like a little part, you know, there was a lot of good people there. You want to talk about freaking out. Maybe this is too much information, but I was almost to the event. I was roughly 20 minutes away, you know, driving from Michigan to Chicago. And uh, about 20 minutes away, I started to have to go to the bathroom. And then I got rerouted because of multiple accidents, like right downtown Chicago, damn near standstill. Long story short, it got to the point where, I mean, I had to use the bathroom to the point where I'm pulling totes up from the back of the truck as I'm driving 10 miles an hour through all this traffic to block view on the passenger side and thinking, okay, I've got an empty water bottle. Can I do this while I'm driving? <laughs> you know? It was terrible, man. It got so bad, I almost like threw up. It was bad. So I remember when I I, I was just going to pull alongside the highway. But then I'm like, how do I get back in traffic? And so I just was like, oh, and I got there as fast as I could, parked in the, the lot for the vendors. And then I just like sprinted into that building. He's like, hi, security guard. Where's the bathroom? That way? Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Damn Chicago traffic. It was good for us coming in because, I mean, we don't actually get to Chicago. Just the last, what, like 15 minutes, Brian, I think was... We were kind of, it was a little bit busier, but it was, it was moving well. And, um, we've been there enough. We kind of know where we're going. Uh, we have the GPS, but it helps to know where you're going. Oh, absolutely. When you're trying to park at the convention, Lewis and Jocelyn came up for the day. So I called Lewis and I'm like, Hey, when you get there, you're going to drive past the front of the hotel, go down to the end and there's parking down there. It looks like you're driving into nothing, but I'm like, no, there's like parking down there. So just go down there, get a ticket, all that stuff. So. Well, you know, and Brian and I were talking to Mike Mash there, a curious six, six, curious good six six six, 
And he, somewhere down the other way, there was like a free lot. You had to walk to it, maybe a block and a half or something. I don't know where it was. If and when we go back, that's, I'm going to seek that out because why pay? We got a discount because we were vendors and, you know, staying at the hotel. So we got, it was like 15 bucks a day, but still, if, if not, it was going to be like 45 bucks a day if you show up for one day to park in there in the Hyatt's lot. That's crazy. Yeah. I saw somebody else say something about free parking, but I, uh, the very first time we went, we parked at another parking garage a couple blocks away. But we still had to pay for that. I think I was still new to the whole Chicago thing where you have to pay for parking. Because, of course, where, where we live, that's uh, you, you don't hear that. You don't have to pay for parking around here. It's just, but of course, it's not Chicago. So, yeah, where I'm from, they're just glad you showed up. So, yeah, my trip, I got up early and I got on the road and I went and met my son, Jack. And we went and had breakfast and talked about his trip to um, Scotland and Ireland because I hadn't seen him for about a month. Got on the road. And by the time I went to the hotel, I was like, okay, I knew where the bathroom was. So I was like, I went straight to the bathroom too. I was like, I've had like five cups of coffee this morning. Like I was looking for the bathroom too. But yeah, my trip wasn't the worst part. Yeah, the worst part was towards the end of my drive. I had to like get off six exit and then hit the like right exit there and then go around to the other exit and then I could get off. So that was the worst part of my drive. But yeah, my drive was like the last 15 minutes was busy. No stop and go or anything. Not a bad trip. Yeah, I'm glad for you because I was ready to urinate in public, man, and just get a ticket. They probably wouldn't even give you a ticket. There probably happens all the time up there. There's probably people on the side of the highway peeing all the time up in Chicago. Uh, so, guys, a lot of good celebrities there that weekend. Um, who did you guys meet? Brian, did you did you go up to anybody, get any autographs, do anything like that? I didn't get any autographs. I went up with, uh, with Clint and met uh, Ivan Roth, Catherine Mary Stewart. But other than that, I don't think I met anybody. Had some celebrities stop by our table. Chuck, our buddy Chuck from uh, Valentine Bluffs, he stopped by the table and hung out for a little bit. And then uh, then uh, our other buddy, Brent, our buddy was uh, Art the Clown, and uh, Chuck was one of the characters from Fear Street. Yeah, they, both of them did a couple different ones. Chuck from Valentine Bluffs and Chuck Ryan Cosplay. He, uh, he did uh, Roy from Friday the 13th Part 5, and then he did his uh, Fear Street Nightwing Killer from the second part of Fear Street that he'd been working on for a while. Yeah, Brent Edgett was there. He does gore galore, and he was doing his uh, Michael Myers one, and then he did his Terrifier one, which he took second place in the uh, in the costume contest hosted by Svengooli, wearing his Terrifier contest or Terrifier thing. And then um, their buddy was with them too, Trey Hardiman, who I've met Trey a couple times. I don't know if he has like a cosplay handle or not, but he was uh, some different versions of Freddy Krueger throughout. And then so they were all also at Midwest Monster Fest halfway to Halloween back in May, and so. Three of us had our picture take of the three of them, and Jason had them printed out into three eight by tens. We all signed it. They all signed it. Like we got to uh, pretend that we were horror celebrities for a minute. And your wife yelled at us. His terrifier costume. Oh, so good. And my wife hates. Ter- she likes the movie, but the the character scares the shit out of her. So he actually crept up behind her. And she kind of looked and saw him. She was like, oh, God. And she was like trying to cover her face and just like hiding. And then I'm like, honey, just look up. I was trying to take her picture with him. You know, he was posing behind her and doing stuff. And she didn't know that he was like right there, like in her face. So she looked up a little bit, let out a blood curdling scream. (laughs) The vendor next to us looked over like, what the fuck is going on? Our buddy Brian here, as I'm trying to take pictures, walks right into the middle of the shot. Like, he was trying to help a customer, which is good. But I was like, Brian, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to take these good pictures. And I got a couple pictures where Brian's, like, walking right in the middle of it. And 
he was so good. Then he stopped back again. We got some more pictures with him. He's fantastic. I was looking forward to seeing him again, hopefully, uh, at Midwest Monster Fest, but I was hoping he was going to bring Art back. That's a bummer bummer for Brent because I'm sure he probably would have done that cosplay there, and then the guy who played Art the Clown was going to be there just for them to meet each other, and that would have been a cool experience. So hopefully they get the chance to do something like that in the future. I, I had already had it like thought out where I was going to grab Brent and be like, hey, come over here. I'm going to go meet this David Allen Thornton. I'm going to get him to sign something, and I want to get a picture with him, Brent, me, my wife, whoever's there. You know, uh, would have been amazing. That's all right. It'll happen again, hopefully. Brian Brian would have put himself in the picture. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just just walking yeah. that by, you know. <laughs> Photo bomber. Well, who who all did you meet, Jason? Oh, so of course a couple of the Halloween people were there. PJ Souls, who played Linda, was there, and um John Michael Graham, who played Bob, was there, and I was uber excited to go up and meet them. I was I was trying to plan it out like when the best time to go was. We actually like we we went over there. I was kinda like I was like fangirling a little bit, but I was trying to keep it cool. So I'd walked over there. I was all excited and I didn't realize like the lady had cut the line because when I walked over there, she was standing there. Then she walked away. Then she came back and she was like, no, this line's cut. And I'm like, what? Oh, you're, you're blocking the line. She was like, yeah, we got to do something else. I'm like, okay. I'm like, it's fine. We'll come back. You know? So these guys in front of us were like, oh, come on. Let me just meet her. Like, oh, she was like, nope, nope. I cut the line. We have to go do this or whatever, which you have to understand. They have photo ops they have to do. They have panels they have to do. And a lot of the celebs, like if they're not like the huge names, which to me, those are huge names, but you'll find times where their tables are empty. So you can just always come back and meet up with them. And I was super excited to meet them. So I went up and got their autographs. I think, is that the only people I went up and met really? For yourself, it might have been. Yeah, I think so. There was a couple other people. Oh, well, Steve Miner was there, uh, the director of Friday the 13th uh, 2, Halloween H2O. I really wanted to meet him, and then I just, I never did. And I think it kind of stemmed from all the other money I had spent. I had more money on me, but if I would have gone over and got spent some more money after all that. And then Brad Laurie was there, who played Michael Myers in Resurrection. Which, of course, I'm kicking myself that I didn't go over and meet those guys because I don't have any Brad Laurie autographs and I actually like Resurrection. I mean, I, I, yeah, I know it's got huge flaws. Of course, it's, I'm a Halloween fanboy. I am not. I am not going to. I'm Madman all over your, your choice of movie there. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's it. And I, I met a couple people through Clint. So, Clint, like, tell us about who you met. Uh, this was probably, so I mean, I've been to a lot of conventions. We've all been to a lot of conventions. I think I've done a, a few more just because of the Ink Mirrors stuff, you know, so like I, but I got 25 shows this year or whatever. But this was the first one in a while where there was a ton of people there who I wanted to meet, who I sort of knew through some people and or wanted to get some autographs from. The first person on the list was actually, I went and met um, Alex Winter, and that was for my friends over at Ted's Gumball Emporium, which was more to that name, Ted's marvelous custom gumball emporium i still have to talk him and shortening his name but they have a uh, 11 by 17 lost boys print and they have autographs from everybody from the freaking film i mean every well, i don't know if they have Corey haim i don't know if they got Corey haim's signature before he passed away but um they even had v neil on there we were all at motor city nightmares a couple weeks ago and v neil was there should the effects for that movie they're like should we go i'm like yes go get v neil's signature alex winter was the only one they hadn't have so they brought it up. I said, well, I'm going to Chicago. He's going to be there. Give me your poster. Went and met him, had him sign their poster. Didn't get in on the picture with that one. Not that I'm not a fan of the movie or of him, 
but it wasn't for me. So I just kind of stayed out of it. So we had him hold it up and he took a picture for us, you know, so that was cool. Went over and met Quinn Lord, who played Sam from Trick or Treat. Nice guy. And I made a post where I'm like, yes, Sam from Trick or Treat is taller than me. And I told him that. And he goes, well, you know, I was seven when I shot that movie. I'm like 26 now. So I've had time to grow. And I go, yeah, you're still taller than me. <laughs> you know, everybody is. He was real nice. And I'm glad where he was located because a lot of times people are like, oh, where's your inkbeer's table at? I'll like, go to Quinn Lord and hang a right. You know, so he was kind of like a, a landmark for me also because everybody knows Sam from Trick or Treat. Went and met Heather Langenkamp, had her sign a couple things for me, a couple action figures. Went and met Brooke Thies, which I think I'm saying her last name right, but she played Debbie Stevens in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, and she was you know, the one who got put in the Roach Motel, and Freddie turned her into the cockroach before he squished her. Um, had her sign an action figure of hers that I had. And I, you know, I said to her, I said, I walked up, I said, I have to know, how does it feel to be the only person from the franchise besides Robert England and Heather Langenkamp to have an action figure? She's like, you know, it's, it's just kind of crazy. And her um, her assistant who was there with her grabbed her phone, and, and I never thought about doing this, looked it up to see how many of those action figures were made. And I'll be damned if I can remember the number she told me, but it wasn't a lot. It was like, I don't know, 1,500 or I'll have to look it up so I know, but there's not many of them. She was, a, all everybody I met was really cool, but Brooke was, was super cool. She's very sweet. And there was a gentleman in front of us who had a birthday card with him, a blank birthday card for his girlfriend who couldn't be there. And so he hands it to Brooke, explains her what's going on and says, can you sign this birthday card for my girlfriend? And she took the time and filled out the entire card. I don't know what it said, but it wasn't just her signature. It wasn't have a happy birthday. Like it was a note. The whole card was filled up and she had different colored markers and she's decorated with hearts and balloons and stuff. And it was just very, very cool. She didn't have to do all that. And she's almost done. And I look at the guy and I look at him and I go, I know what you're doing now. I said, that's your get out of jail free card. I was like, years from now, when you screw up doing whatever it is you're going to screw up doing, you're going to be like, I'm sorry, but do you remember that time that Brooke Thies gave you that birthday card? You know? There are some people that I wanted to meet. Like I was going to go meet the guy who uh, played Jason in Freddy vs. Jason. I'm sorry. I can't remember his name right now, but I had something I wanted him to sign. Of course, I wanted to meet Robert England, but I just decided not to get into that mess. The one I'm really bummed about was... I had a Svengoolie action figure and I wanted to meet Svengoolie and I got in line and it was a long line and we were in line forever and I kept getting out of line and going up and seeing what was going on. They said that there was problems with the cameras, something about because he was in a photo op before that. And so we were in there for a while and he finally, they got it all worked out. And then the director came down and but it pissed me off because the director came down and said, well, I shouldn't say it pissed me off. It, it disappointed me. The director came down and said, okay, sorry, we're taking so long. We're going to, we're going to start this now. Everybody's going to get in, but you can only do this. You can only do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. And all these freaking rules were thrown at us. And then they're like, if he signs anything, it's going to be personalized. He won't sign it if it's not personalized. And I just, the whole experience kind of turned me off. If I had anything negative to say about this weekend, it would be that. And I'm not even that mad. It was just an unfortunate series of events. I got out of that line. I felt really bad for, there was uh, a young woman I met in line. Her name was Jen and she had a booth there. She's known on Instagram as Candle Bitch. Candle Bitch. Yeah. Make sure I said that slow enough. She does a uh, white city devil. She wanted to meet Svengoolie also. She had paid for the photo op with him and didn't realize that she was not in the spot for the photo op. She thought I'm in the line to go meet Svengoolie. I see cameras up there. This is where I go to meet him and do my photo op. And so not only did she get delayed, was away from her table where she could be selling things. She also missed out on her photo op. 
and lost that money. So, like I say, it was just a very confusing moment. But the creme de la creme, the end all, was the night of the comic cast was there. Catherine Mary Stewart was there. Kelly Maroney was there. Ivan E. Roth was there. I, through Ink Mirrors, made them each individual Night of the Comet themed shirts and um, that I do sell. And I was selling there, but I went and gave them each one. They were all really receptive. Ivan was, all of them were nice. And I don't mean to take anything away from Catherine or from Kelly, but Ivan was very humble, very down to earth. I enjoyed talking to him uh, immensely. I gave him the shirt and then I had to go away and I came back for something else. Oh, I came back to get an autograph from him. I went over there to give him their shirts first. He was wearing the shirt, gave me a free personalized autograph and said, you know, thanks, Clint. I really appreciate this. And he wandered over by the booth and we talked. And then obviously, you know, by now that we asked them to read off an intro for the last episode of the show where we covered Night of the Comet. And uh, two of the three of them did. And uh, that was a cool experience. I mean, it's just super nice. They had my money. They didn't have to do that. And uh, I'm very thankful that they did. I let Brian be in it because I didn't know if I trusted him with my brand new camera. And since Kelly couldn't, since Kelly couldn't be in it, I had made a shirt that said Rebels, you know, like her, like her sweater. And I said, here, Brian, wear this. I think Brian said, well, I'll wear this Rebel shirt. I'll be Kelly. Thanks for reminding me. I went up. I also met Quinn Lord a couple times. I had uh, one of the Spirit Halloween Funko Pops, like the big one where he's like sitting on his stoop or something. I kind of despise Funko Pops. I saw that and I kind of had the idea of having him write the rules of Halloween, like always give out candy, always check your candy, never blow out a jack-o'-lantern, never go out alone, you know, all this stuff. I told you guys about this and I was like, oh, I don't think he's going to do it. I was like, if I have to pay for two autographs for him to write extra on it, you know, I will. It's fine, you know. And so I went up to his table. Nobody was there and I'm sitting there chatting with him and I give him the pop and um, I'm like, yeah, can you write the rules like on here, like on the sides, like write the rules and then on the other side, write the rules. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, he's like, actually, here, I have like this print sitting there on his table with like the rules written on it. So he just pulled that to the side and kind of wrote down that stuff. And then he wrote Happy Halloween and signed it. It's truly a nice guy. Um, I asked him, I was like, do you remember anything from the set? And he was like, oh, not really. I was seven at the time. I was like, oh, I was just wondering, like, did they keep it pretty PG for you? Like all the naked girls and his dad was sitting there. I didn't realize that at first. And he he started talking. He was like, well, we just wouldn't let him go, like be around the naked girls and all this stuff. But even though we have a picture of him, like peeking in on him and stuff like that. And I looked at his name tag and it said Michael Lord. I'm like, oh, are you his dad? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, so you were on the set? And he was like, yep. And I was like, did you guys expect it to blow up like it did? And he was like, no, absolutely not. I'm like, yeah, your son is like big figure for Halloween, which is kind of hard to do now to get like a new iconic character. They did it. He's part of it. He was super nice. And then I went back up the next day and uh, I took the soundtrack from Waxwork Records and I wanted him to sign that also. And so I went up there with my wife just so my wife could meet him and we got a cool picture with him. And can't believe I forgot Sam from Trick or Treat, Quinn Lord. But yeah, thanks for reminding me. So that's another one from my list. Do you remember the, the people ahead of us when we went there to get mine signed and the guy had a prototype uh, Funko Pop? Same thing. I'm, I'm not I'm not a Funko Pop fan. There's a few that I have or a few that are cool. This thing was a prototype. It was rare and he had it signed. So that's going to be worth some money right there. Yeah, that was super cool. I know I spotted it ahead of time. I'm like, that dude's got a prototype. That's kind of cool. I don't like I said, I don't like Funko Pops. I'm not big into them, um, but I do have some because there are some that are just Kind of cool, but people go crazy with them and have 20 million of them. 
and I loaded, I, I have like seven or eight total, like throughout my whole room. But and my favorite ones are the killer clowns. There's a Jason Voorhees one where he's unmasked from part three that is worth an ungodly amount of money, thousands of dollars. I can't remember if it's like three thousand or ten thousand or thirty. It's a lot of freaking money that it's worth. And then someone came out with a with a variant of it where it's like the shading of the colors, just a half shade different. You really got to stare at it to figure it out. And if you buy that one, it doesn't hold any value. It's insane. Yeah, that's weird. They they know what they're doing. So you're talking about um about having Quinn write a bunch of stuff. Did you hear about the guy who went to Robert Carradine? Was that you telling me that? Mm-mm. So Robert Carradine was there from Revenge of the Nerds. Someone went up with and to hand him a poster to sign and had an entire eight by ten sheet of paper filled, completely filled that they had written out of lines of his from the movie and said, can you put all this on the poster? And I guess Robert, and I didn't see this, I caught this story secondhand. And Robert Carradine looked at him and said, are you serious? And the guy's like, well, yeah. You know, and he's like, you could tell that he didn't want to do it from what I was told. And I don't blame him. That's bullshit. But he did. He said, I'll do the best I can. And I said, you know, I said, as a celebrity, that's, he was put in the spot because if he says, screw you, I'm not doing all this, which, why should he be expected to do all that? Then he's going to get a bad rep and no one's going to invite him back. You know what I mean? So he's kind of at the mercy of the fan at that point. Or I was like, I don't know if that was me. I think of, dude, I'll put all this, but we're going to charge you more than one, one autograph. I would never do that to anybody. That's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I would never go up. And I, I was surprised Quinn put that. He, he wrote four things on it, which wasn't a lot. So I was, I don't know if you're saying that just to make me feel bad or. <laughs> no, I was saying it. I was saying, well, it made me think of it. But I mean, if anything, it makes you feel better. You know, you, you went into this already kind of gun shy, like, man, I don't want to bother this guy with this. Already with the mindset of I'll pay him more money if, you know, to make sure that it can happen. And it wasn't a list of things. Where from, again, I got the story secondhand, but from what I gather, this dude went up with a sheet of paper and said, dance, monkey, dance, write all this shit down now, you know? And that's just, that, that's like when I went over, when I went over and asked the night of the comic cast if they would record the opening for the podcast. I was nervous. I was like sandpaper mouth. I felt like I was putting them out. You know what I mean? I didn't want them to feel like they had to say yes. And then you deal with the rejection. What if they say no or? But yeah, so I just can't, I don't understand people that show up and go, hi, I want you to do all this for me. It's weird. Jason, it sounds like you and I spent a lot of our money meeting celebrities and getting signatures. There is some stuff that I, at least I know I bought on top of that. I think you did too. But Brian, you you spent some money on like uh, some DVDs and I think you got Finley some shirts. You got some stuff, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't get any autographs over the weekend. There was no one really there that I was like, oh, I got to get an autograph. And I'm not big autograph person anyway there's a couple autographs i have hanging up you know i try to stick to favorites which is not very many for me you know i have peter cowper from my bloody valentine a poster in the hallway and i of course have like four people from return of the living dead and i have a joe bob and darcy autograph surprise no i spent most of my money on finley and blu-rays i did pick up a Cannibal Holocaust, like 11 by 17 print that I'm going to put up. That was like 10 bucks. That's pretty cool. That was like the first thing I bought all weekend. I don't think I bought anything on Friday. I picked up Finley, a Godzilla. It's a Godzilla 1984 Legend is Reborn. Kind of a frame um, print from the Shadow Boxery. Looks like they're on Instagram and Facebook is the Shadow Boxery. So that's pretty cool. She likes it. I need to hang it up in her room. Um, I got her some t-shirts. I got her a Sam t-shirt. 
can't remember what the other t-shirt was, but probably Jason's favorite t-shirt. I don't know if Jason even seen it. Haddonfield Elementary, where big sisters are gross. And then it's got like Michael Myers with a knife on the side. <laughs> so that one was pretty funny. I didn't see that. That's cool. No, you, you and Tanya took off by the time he went. And uh, I relinquished him from his prison spot and let him go shopping. I did get a print from uh, Pepler. P-E-P-P-L-E-R. Looks like they're on uh, Matt Pepler. He's on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So I got Finley a... Uh, Kessler Werewolf. American Werewolf in London kind of looks like that. So she loves werewolves. So I'm going to put that up in her room. Probably the coolest thing I got all weekend... I don't know why I love this movie so much, but it does tie into where I live. It was set in the town I live in. Strange Behavior. Uh, the soundtrack, and that's from Terror Vision, company that does kind of weird, obscure soundtracks. Really cool fold, bifold to it. You know, opens up, There's and even the slip is kind of cool. It's got, you know, like the strange behavior on the one side, and it's got all the, all the different uh, movie posters on the back. The joke is might be getting old, but I don't understand how you people open these things and enjoy them. Well, how do you listen to the record if it's still in the? You you buy t- you buy the record and then you find it somewhere streaming. Yes, there you go. Or you buy two. Record's pretty cool. It's yellow, red, orange, kind of rainbow print. Put that on sometime and listen to that. But had to pick that up. And then yeah, the rest is just Blu-rays. First table I stopped at. Uh, S- Synapse Films. Vampire Circus, love that one. Uh, there's a movie called Hot Dog the Movie. There was a movie called Hamburger the Motion Picture um, that came out in the 80s when I was younger. was on HBO all the time, and we'd watched it all the damn time, and it was a great time, and it's not been put out. Um, I kind of said to the guys, I was like, how have you put out Hamburger the Movie, uh, or Hot Dog the Movie, but you haven't put out Hamburger the Motion Picture? And uh, they kind of gave me an idea that maybe they were working on that. Vampire Circus, Old Hammer movie. Um, and then I hit up Full Moon. Full Moon, I got Charles Band's Crash, which Clint said is great. Cannibal Woman in the Avocado Jungle of Death. It's got Adrian Barbeau in it, Shannon Tweed. Uh, and then I got Emmanuel and the White Slave Trade. And I got Finley another movie, Prehysteria. Full Moon kind of did this thing for a little while where they were doing kind of kid movies and stuff. So it's a movie about this kid that finds these prehistoric little monsters, little dinosaurs, and they hatch. And all kinds of fun ensues. Our friends at Severin had one copy of Dead Kids Left, so I picked that up because I might gift that to somebody. I already own it. And then I watched a trailer for this on Friday night, Dr. Butcher MD, and it looks like an 80s grindhouse movie that you'd watch in New York. 82 minutes, it looked fun. Didn't someone have a, a print of that? Like, a, Wasn't our, na- our vendor neighbor? Yeah, our vendor neighbor, and that was a... Mitch O'Connell is his name, and I sh- sent his uh, artwork to several people, and they're like, I love his stuff. And I'm like, where the hell have I been? But uh, he left a little like a little postcard on our table that's got the drive-in stuff, and I'm going to frame this somewhere. Uh, it's got Godzilla and the Blob and the Xenomorph, Text Chainsaw Massacre, just a cool little, I think it's a sticker, but I'll put it in a, in a frame just because it's awesome. And then my last stop was Vinegar Syndrome, and I called our fan, which is a friend, Sarah. What do I buy off this table? I was like, I don't know what to buy. All weekend, I was looking at uh, Ebola Syndrome because the, the lady selling the movies was like talking it up, talking it up, talking it up. I called Sarah, and she's like, yeah, it was okay. And I was like, is it gory? And she's like, like regular people gory or like our gory? And I was like, like our gory. And she's like, no, let me see the table. So I got a who done it. James Hong, who 
uh, sounds like directed and starred in this movie, The Vineyard, Corpse Grinders, and The Fear with the slipcover. Vinegar Syndrome always does fun stuff, and it should be about time for another box coming up soon, so that'll be fun to share because it's got one of my favorite movies from my childhood in this next uh, box, sounds like. Oh, and I got a, a Joe Bob pillow company was selling these pillows and it's got joe bob and it says the drive-in will never die and it's kind of cut out around him so i put it up uh, behind me next to the little plushies from fright rags i think that's it i spent more money on sunday buying movies than i spent all weekend 10 12 movies and clients like oh i see you bought your, made your purchases for the weekend the people of Chicago, and actually, there was a lot of people there from all over the place, <clears throat> but they they were very good to me as a vendor. I did did very well at the show, and so I was just kind of cash was just flowing in and out of my hand all weekend. Like for example, Jason and I had wandered over by uh, Carnivorous Carnivorous Creations, and they take props and frame them with posters and imagery from different movies. Um, they've got some cool stuff that him and I were both interested in. And I almost dropped the money on the one that I wanted. It was a Halloween 2 plaque, and it had a scalpel and a syringe attached to it. But they had a raffle going on. So uh, I bought tickets for Jason and myself to be in on that raffle, which we didn't win. At least I wasn't notified. So um, for our next door, right next next to us, our vendor uh, neighbor is there, and that's uh, RyanBrainStudio.com. He had some cool T-shirts. He had some stickers, some patches, some buttons. Just a, a lot of really cool stuff. And so we picked up a few things from him for the podcast because the I Like It Spooky Horror podcast is going to be featured at Halloweenapalooza in Iowa here later on this uh, year in October. And so I was hey, guys, I was like, you know, our neighbors are really cool, man. Like they've got some general kind of really cool Halloween-esque stuff. Why don't we pick up a few things? And then at our table at Halloweenapalooza, we can do like a, a raffle. We'll add some stuff to it for some Halloween uh, decorations and stuff. And you guys were both on board, so we bought some stuff from them. I mentioned the lady, Jen, from White City Devil that does the candles that I met in line for Sfinguli. I went over and talked to her and her boyfriend, or I don't know if they were married or, or not, but she was there with a guy and they were together. He's in a band from Chicago called Bloodletter, Bloodletting. But uh, she does candles and just kind of cool stuff. And so I said... Okay, I said, I've got a fall daughter and a hippie daughter. Which ones do I get? And she just, boom, right away. She goes, here you go. Here's the hippie one. Here's the fall one. You know, she had them scented and cool graphics on them. We had a, a vendor across from us who did, um, makes custom puzzles. And then there are these really thick wood puzzle piece puzzles. And they're like horror movie posters and whatnot. A guy that was there with him is the guitarist, I think, for Ari Lehman's band first, Jason. They had this autograph, I believe it was a bass guitar, I think, signed by all the Jasons. But he was interested in a shirt I had. We did a trade for a puzzle that I gave to Boots. But yeah, it was just just money coming in, money going out. There was some stuff I did want to get, a couple action figures that I didn't. And all the celebrities that you know Jason mentioned that I mentioned, I mean, that that those were our purchases, getting things autographed. Obviously, it's not free, unfortunately. But some that I didn't mention was, you know, I went over, like I said, and gave Night of the Comic Cast t-shirts. Well, then I also went back and had a Ghoulish Gary pulling print for Night of the Comet that all three of them signed, got in the picture with me. I even signed some Shadowbox art for Night of the Creeps that I had bought from Mike Mash, Curious Good 666 back at Monroeville Mall, which Mike was there also. Then actually I went over and I said, all right, I said, I even signed this. 
I think when I meet other people from this movie, I'm going to have them sign this. You're the artist. I need you to sign it too. So he popped it open and signed the inside for me. I know I spent more money. I'm just trying to leave it aware. Oh, yeah. The full moon. Jason is a freaking like, I don't know. He's a hustler, man. He's like, you wouldn't know it. He doesn't let you know it. But I'm letting you know right now. Be careful when this dude comes around and you start talking money. He has this knack for going up to tables and just making deals with people. At the full moon table, they had dual bot or dual disc box set of tourist trap. And then inside was a little action figure from Tourist Trap. Kind of like the laser blast one that I got when I went to Tennessee. And he had four or five of them. And I just walk over there. It was on Friday. And I go, oh, that's cool. I might have to pick that up. And he, I said, how much? He said, 40. He goes, but I'll do 30. He goes, you know what? You come back Sunday and I'll probably let it go for 20. And that's literally how fast he said it. I wasn't even trying to get him to come down. He was just like, Ugh. And I don't know why I didn't buy it. I was like, oh, they'll be there later. The show hasn't started. I don't know how I'm going to do. I know I'm going to be spending a bunch of money on autographs. So I waited. And then finally, towards the end of the, was that the end of the day on Saturday or the beginning of the day on Sunday, Jason comes over and he's like, they're all gone. I'm like, oh, really? And he's, well, they got the action figures over there. He wants eight bucks for it. He goes, go off from five. And I know we're just talking about dollars here. And I was like, no, I was like, that. when I do that stuff, it's eight bucks. If I go over and say, I'll give you five for it, people look at me and go, no, but you can give me 15. Like, that's how it works for me. Jason just went over there and was like, I'll give you five for that. Sure, here you go. Didn't even get it out of his mouth. And there was, he was wheeling and dealing for himself for some other stuff, too. So, yeah, I got a little tourist trap action figure from Full Moon. So, this thing's, I've wanted this forever, but it's really expensive on, online. It can be on eBay. It's a Dracula pencil sharpener. I know it sounds stupid. When you see the pictures, you're going to love it. It's Dracula, and he's in a coffin. And then you put the pencil where his heart is, and that's where you sharpen it. And it's got this really cool case. And I've seen them online for like hundreds of dollars. You know, well, not hundreds, but like a hundred plus. And uh, some guy had one in great shape for forty bucks. I didn't hesitate on that. I was like, boom, give me. Yeah, I think that is everything besides parking and food. I didn't even have to spend money on drinks because our vendor neighbors behind us were giving everybody shots of whiskey. So that was kind of cool. Great event. Like I said, we've all been to a lot of conventions, but we had a lot of fun at this one. They had a great lineup, like Jason said. All right, so let me get into what I got. I know I already talked about a few things. So with the signatures, of course, you know, Linda, PJ Souls, I had her sign uh, my Fright Rags toy, the little like three and three quarter retro looking figures. So that was cool. Uh, Sam signed my record, my Quinn Lord, I guess I should say, and my Funko Pop. And then John Michael Graham, I got the Bob signature from Halloween. But then for my actual pickups, uh, where Brian bought his record, we were over there looking. It was uh, Terror Vision. They're based out of Chicago. And I was flipping through his records. There was a lot of, you know, obscure horror soundtracks and a lot of them I didn't really know about. I came across uh, the Ghastly Ones. They recently re-released um, some vinyl records. So I got Ghastly Ones Unearthed, which I think when they released them, they put out like a thousand of two different colors. And they sold out instantly. I missed out. So I was like, I was kind of bummed. But then I was slipping through this guy's box and he had one in there. I was like, oh man. I was like, how much for this one? And he was like, oh, I, I don't remember if that's the 20 or $25 version. And he was like, what what color is it? And he looked, he was like, oh, that's the $25 one. I'm like, oh, why can't it be the $20 one? You know, giving him shit. And he's like, oh, I don't care. 20 bucks is fine. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not. Gonna. I know. I know. I. How do you do that? I started like with like baseball cards and stuff. So I always got to negotiate like it, that's wheeling and dealing. I offered him 20. He's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do that to you. I, I felt bad. Like I was, I was bullshitting with him. I wasn't really like, he was like, oh, that's nice. He was like, take a bunch of stickers. So I got some stickers off his table, like some Terror Vision bumper stickers. And he had a cool one, like, oh man, the Heaven's Gate, like suicide cult thing. 
he had like a funny sticker from that. And so I grabbed that and it was just, I don't know. It was cool. That was, so I was glad to have that. And I, I brought it home and listened to it. You know, I've heard about the ghastly ones from other people, but I didn't know much about them. So it was kind of a, kind of a blind buy, but I knew they do horror esque, Halloween esque type music that. Did you enjoy it? I did. Yep. A couple of the movies over at the full moon booth again, like we talked about negotiating the hell out of those like i was i was the dummy that walked over there and there's stickers everywhere and it says blu-rays 15 dollars. and i walk over and i'm looking i'm like hey how much are the blu-rays oh <laughs> totally being serious with the guy he's like yeah they're 15 bucks okay cool then i look down and i see the stickers fucking everywhere and i'm like oh shit like this guy thinks i'm a dummy now and so i'm looking around at him and i'm like he had like uh that uh famous tna2 it's a full moon documentary about famous nudity and horror movies hosted by Darcy, the male girl or Diana Prince. She's on the cover of it. I'm like, oh, how about 10 bucks? He's like, yeah, sure. He was in the mood for willing and dealing. So that's. Yeah, he, he was. I think they were trying to not take as take as much stuff home as possible. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And then they also had the sorority babes from the slime ball ballorama. Which I've always wanted that one, and they've had it at Midwest Monster Fest before. They have some dealers that come, and it's always been twenty, twenty-five bucks. And I'm like, eh, eh, I never bought it, never bought it. Then it would always sell out, and I'm like kicking myself. And but he had it there for fifteen, and I'm like, oh, ten for this one too. He's like, yep, I'm like, okay. So I grabbed that, went over to where was it, Brian? Who had the was it Vinegar Syndrome? The girl with the pink hair that we were talking to? Yeah, yeah, that's who Vinegar Syndrome was. So I went over trying to wheel and deal with her also. It didn't go as well because she already already shot us a low price anyway. But they had the uh, Bill Hensman movie Flesh Eaters, which you didn't talk about that one, Clint, but you picked that up also. So I went over there and she was like, oh, those are 30 bucks. I'm like, oh, you told me 25 yesterday. Oh, she's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And I'm like, how about two for 40? <laughs> I'm still trying to negotiate. And she's like, oh, no, no, I can't do that. That's 25 is like the lowest I would go. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. So I went ahead and grabbed two of them and, you know, one for you, one for me, just at least we got a little bit of a discount and it was the 4K version movie I want to check out. Still haven't watched it. I know you watched it and I'm curious to watch it and see. I was not, I was not a fan. Whether I'm a fan or not, it's one of those things that Bill Hinsman made a movie about zombies. You have to watch it. Well, and then Brian was talking about, what was the artist's name that you bought the print from? I saved it right here. Hold on. Oh, Matt Pepler. You bought the print from. I also went over there, bought a couple. Uh, they had some 12 by 18 prints, and uh, my wife wanted to get one for my daughter. She's a Scream fan, so we picked up a Scream one, but they were three for 25 bucks if you buy them. So I picked up a Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein print, and it was kind of cool, like an Antonio Bay touristy looking map or touristy looking print, like come visit, you know, Coastal Bay town of Antonio Bay, California. And it was kind of cool. And it shows like the lighthouse and stuff. And, you know, being a fog fan, that was kind of cool. So I picked that up from him. I like I like that, too, because it was uh, it was a simple print. Like you say, it's something you would see hanging in town. It's not it wasn't a, a horror movie print, all big graphics and blood and sweater. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. And I picked that up. Also, <laughs> I feel like I'm just rambling now, but. Uh, I picked up where Brian got his Joe Bob Pello. It was a place called, I think, Horror Decor or Horror Horror Decor or Horror Merch. They have a website also. They had a, a little pillow and it was the shape of a TV and it had like the jack-o'-lantern from Halloween 3 on it, like on the TV where it's flashing or whatever. But I had to pick up a pillow. What the hell's a pillow? Pillow. 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 Oh, pillow. Okay. You son of a bitch. My... my my fucking wife does the same thing to me. She was like, what's it called? A pillow. 
what do you call it, Brian? What a pillow? Pillow? He calls it a he calls it a pillow. 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 <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I I always call it a pillow. Pillow. Yeah. The thing you lay your head down on that's soft. So yeah, picked up one of those, a Halloween three. I thought you said Othello. I thought you were talking about I Madman again. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, just a couple more things to talk about here. Uh, wandered over to the Trick or Treat Studios uh, table. My one goal was kind of to pick up one of the one six scale Art the Clown Terrifier doll figure things. You know, I wandered over to their table and I I wanted it and I asked him how much it was and I forget what he said like one one twenty one thirty something like that. I was kind of kicking it around. I just didn't want to spend like a big chunk like that, but I really wanted it. And my wife's finally like, just, she's like, just pick it up. That's all you've been talking about. I'm like, okay. So I went over there and I tried to negotiate with that guy too. But there, I mean, he works for the company and they're like, well, no, these are our prices, you know, but so I got it, I think for 120, 130, I don't know. And I'm like, well, will you toss in a pin for free then? Still trying to negotiate. And he was like, well, I'll give you one like at wholesale price, like five bucks off. I'm like, okay, that works. So, I mean, it was a $10 pin, but I got it for five bucks. But it's like the silver shamrock pin, like the silver shamrock logo, like a lapel pin that you would wear. And the Art the Clown doll quickly talked about me having it signed at Midwest Monster Fest. I'm like, no, I'm going to open it. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, didn't win any points with him, but yep, I'm going to open that. And then on the last night of the con, yeah, the last, or no, the Saturday night, I'm over there and I'm like, hey, I'm going to take one last lap around and. I guess there was a whole aisle that I didn't go down. I heard this dog barking and I never knew where it was coming from. And then I'm walking around and I was like, this guy was holding up this big blanket. And I walk over there. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I didn't even see this row of stuff. So he had these awesome like woven blankets that had like the poster art on it. And he had them all hanging up. And I asked him how much they were. And of course I negotiated. <laughs> And got a lower price. But he was like, oh, that's the only one I have left of the Halloween um, hanging. He's like, I want to keep it. He was like, can I drop ship you one? So he's still making money on it. But I'm like, yeah, sure. So I went ahead and paid him for it. And he sent it straight to my house. And it came yesterday or the day before. So picked up a cool Halloween blanket. I think that's it. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, you you spent more than I think I... I I remember you getting everything that you talked about, but I think some of the stuff I forgot. So as you're going on, I'm like, "Oh shit, dude!" It added up. No wonder he left. No wonder you left early Sunday. You're like, "I have to." Yeah, got to go home. Well, and then like two days later is when my wife goes to Spirit Halloween and finds the other stuff for me, and she buys it for me. But you know, she was she was she was a little pissed about it. She knows my collecting, and she's she loves coming down to the basement and looking at everything. It was a great show, great pickups. Oh yeah. Now, there there are so many great vendors there, and again, I mean, I've been to so many shows uh, as a as a fan and a vendor, and there's always great stuff to see. This one in particular, God, just everything was awesome. Everyone was awesome. This is my first time going, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely be back. That's even like uh, I found out that Mike Kurz, I think it's Mike and Mia Kurz, you know, run that show, and I think there's some other people involved also. Saturday night after we were in Jason's room eating, I wandered down to have a cigarette, and then I wound up on the phone with Melissa, and the next thing I know, I wind up. At this after party in the parking lot, vendor parking lot, there was a haunted house involved with a little mini bus called it the zombie bus. They were playing music and people were out socializing and dancing and having fun. What I, I'm, I'm still new to them. I'm sorry. Did I say Mike? Yeah, Mike and I believe Mia. They just wandered over the big stack of pizzas for everybody. You know what I mean? And just little things like that. I sent them a message. I was like, man, little things like that are, are cool. Can't wait to be back next year. 
there's a lot of vendors there that, that we know or we've been at shows with before. Like we were talking with Mike Mash again, you know, Brian, our neighbor next door from Brian Brain. He, uh, you know, is from Michigan. So a lot of cool stuff. But what I want to know is, is there anything that you guys wish you would have gotten and you didn't, whether it got sold out from underneath you or you told yourself you're not going to spend that money or you ran out of money? Brian, is there anything? No, I, I think the one thing that pops to mind is that little uh, Joe Bob uh, figurine that you guys tried to get me to buy all weekend. And I'm just like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I got the plushies and the pillow and the other stuff. I don't need to buy that, too. Uh, 65 bucks or something like that. I mean, what? that's what it goes for. But I was just like, eh, I'm good. I don't need to buy it. The thing for me, there was a guy who was set up and he was he was an artist and he made uh, Michael Myers masks. He had this one little one. I don't know what the scale was, but it you know it's bigger than like a one six scale, maybe the size of a baseball is what I would compare it to, maybe. But he had a three D printed Michael Myers mask that he attached real hair to and painted it. It looked like a real miniature latex mask, and he had it like in a little dome case and everything. And he was asking one twenty on him, and I'm like, oh man, I'm like that's that's fantastic. I love that, you know. But then what I just couldn't get over my head is like I was like, oh well, it's three D printed. So it's just like, it's just plastic. It's just, so I talked myself out of it and I'm, I'm really regretting it, you know, but like the time that he puts into it, printing it, doing all that stuff, painting it, going through all that, it was well worth it. And I, I wish I would have picked one up, but maybe I'll see him again. I'll be at flashback again, of course, and maybe I'll see him and finally pick one up, but it looked so freaking realistic. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, and I think I went over there on like Saturday night and they had, there was one left sitting on the table. He started with like six or seven of them and it was down to one. And I'm like, oh, I should have got it. But then I, I didn't, I regret that. There was another thing that you wanted too, wasn't there? It was the guy kind of kitty corner from the front of us. And it was the Michael Myers bus coming out of the closet with the, with the light. Uh, that was Scott's variety shop. I, saw him on Facebook and he was posting a lot of stuff and yeah, it was a life size uh, scale Michael Myers. It looked like he's busting through the closet with the light bulb on it. The light bulb actually lit up and it was really cool looking, but it was pretty pricey. I just couldn't, I couldn't pull the trigger on that. He had a lot of cool dioramas. Also he had a Halloween two hospital scene one, a Halloween three one where they're sitting there watching the TV, some good stuff as when it comes to spending a lot of money on one item, it's, it's hard for me. No, there was, there was one thing. There was just one thing that I didn't grab. And that was, I didn't know there was this specific, um, Freddy Krueger action figure. I believe it was real toys and it was from, um, Freddy's dead and it's where he had the, the power glove. You know, it was like the Nintendo Power Glove. I didn't even know that existed. I saw two of them there. I looked it up online. The one guy was charging about 15 bucks more than what I could have got it for online, and it was kind of scratched up. The other guy was charging what I could have bought it for online, you know, minus the shipping, so it was a good deal, and it was in pretty good shape. I don't know. I just didn't jump on it. I mean, I'm not losing sleep. I'll probably try to find that figure elsewhere, though, because uh, I do think I want it. I should have got it. But, again, uh, it, you know, you, you get to the point where you're, you know, when I walked over to meet Heather Langenkamp, you know, I had her sign two action figures, that plus pictures, so I don't have to JSA everything. Is like that was a hundred bucks. So when you start dropping a hundred bucks at one celebrity at a time, um, and not everybody charges that much, you know what I mean? And actually, she wasn't even. That's not well. That's that's a whole different discussion if celebrities should charge as much as they do. But um, I guess in the going rate, it's not like Heather Langenkamp was absurdly priced compared to everybody else. You know, but still a hundred bucks for one person. That's that's quite a bit of money. So so I didn't pick that up. I should have. Gosh, I think that's it. Other than I really wanted to, I was going to 
get something for Brian because he helped out a lot at the table. And I kind of felt bad for the times that we did leave him there, like he alluded to. And I kept checking in like, Eric, do you need to do anything? Do you need to split? Sorry, I was gone so long. Do you care if I take off for a few more minutes? And he was always like, cool. I think he enjoyed it. But I felt bad. So I was going to grab him something. And then I was like, but Jason helped out too. And Tanya hung out too. And then I'm like, so pretty soon I'm going to buy everybody in the room something. So I just kind of left it as is. But I do appreciate the hell out of you guys being there and helping me along, whether it's taking pictures with celebrities or running the booth or Brian's better at selling shirts than I am, I think. So, yep, great time. And I'm, I'm looking at the time. We're already um, over an hour into this episode. So you can see why we had to do a bonus episode, folks. If if we did this in a normal episode, it'd be a two, three hour episode. I am the only upside to Midwest Monster Fest being canceled, maybe specifically for us. It's a godsend because we all spent so much money at Chicago and flashback that probably shouldn't be spending money anywhere else for a while. I'll tell you, uh, tell you a spoiler alert though. It's probably not going to stop me. (laughs) No, I already sent you guys a picture of something this morning that I saw the bobblehead. I saw it before you sent me the picture. Yeah. And it was actually, I went on this morning and it was sold out. And as I'm sitting here, I saw somebody else posted. I grabbed one just, just 20 minutes ago. And I'm like, Oh, so I went online and it's it's in stock now. So I don't know if it was in and out, but yep, I'll keep buying one of the one of the, that's one of the things that sucks about being in this in this you know hobby or whatever you want to call it. Again, I call it an investment problem of of collecting and horror merchandise and memorabilia. Is any more anything comes out and you have to freaking buy it right there, whether you are want to or able to or not. Because if not, it's gone forever, or it's going to cost three four times what it initially cost to get it down the road. You know, it's. There's a lot of stuff that I just hop on that I'm like, oh, you know, I probably shouldn't do that. And then I put other things off. Like I wanted to buy a gas hedge trimmer to make my life a lot easier. And I'm like, nah, we got back to school shopping and I just spent quite a bit of money at flashbacks. So no. And then all of a sudden I can get Linda again from Fright Racks for 20 bucks. I'm like at the grocery store. Ding. Yep. Get it. You know, puts me in a better position financially for Black Friday movie sales because that'll be coming before you know it. <laughs> Meaning you don't have to buy as many because you already have them? Or are you going to like start an eBay store? No, because Midwest Monster Festival is canceled. I'm not spending money there. Push that money towards movies. You know, you had you had talked about, hey, I got an idea. You had talked about kind of flippant comment about maybe you should just have a garage sale or a yard sale or something. Because there were things you were going to bring to Monster Fest to sell. I've got this idea in my head of a couple kind of, a, we'll say, fan art action figure collectibles that I'm coming up with. I already posted some of the sunglasses, but there's a couple other things that I want to do also that it's more action figure collectible-ish. You should start an eBay store, and then you can sell your movies that you have six copies of the same movie there, the stuff you wanted to sell at the yard sale. You could sell the official Ink Mirrors collectible line merchandise. What do you think? No, it doesn't sound like I have any takers. Well, I think that's everything that we bought and sold and haggled and all that good stuff. I think that's all the flashback weekend for this year. We'll definitely be back next year. I mean, it's become a staple every year for Jason and I, and hopefully it will be for Ink Mares and Clint. Like I said, you did well. Hopefully it becomes a staple of horror convention travel. It's pretty close for both. I think most of us you know, kind of in the middle of the country. I will be back for sure. Uh, you know, it was, it was great timing too. I had a couple earlier on in the years. I had a couple questionable shows. I won't say bad shows, but, and so when you, when you have a bad show or two back to back, you kind of think to yourself, regardless if you're a celebrity or selling t-shirts or selling movies or whatever, you're like, uh, 
should I be doing this? You know what I mean? Is this worth my time? Am I wasting my time and my money? And then I had two back-to-back really good shows, the latter being um, flashbacks. So, yeah, I will definitely be back. Had a blast. Yeah, my wife's already shot it down for next year. She's like, okay, I'm not coming next year. She doesn't mind one day, but the whole weekend is a no-go for her. So that just means we'll all save money because we can just room up, have more money to buy some more cool shit. You know, we've had lots of conversations before. I don't understand how, as a fan, take the vendor part out of it. As a fan, I, I've never been able to understand how someone could go spend three days at a convention. Unless they are there and have photo op tickets and they're doing cosplay and they're in the contests. And you know what I mean? There's a, a ton. Because you guys, you guys experienced it when you went to Monroeville Mall and you kind of said, like, this place is great. We're happy we're here. It's fun that all three of us are hanging out, you know, and I had my family there. So it was cool. You guys got a chance to really meet each other. But if you were there just as fans, after about a day and a half, you were pretty much done. You saw everything you wanted to see. You spent the money. I, I don't understand it. but I'm glad that you were set up there. So we kind of had the home base to go hang out at somewhere to be. But yeah, as a vendor is the way to go. So. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that was kind of my point. I, I just quit talking Um, is I don't think I can ever go to a show now and not be a vendor. Like you said, just that home base, just a, a place to go to yeah, sit down or put your stuff. Well, you saw that. I mean, it worked out for, for Chuck and Brent, too. You know, I mean, like they would come over and, you know, hey, do you, do you care if we leave our stuff? You know, I was like, no. And then there were some uh, attendees there who I was trying to talk. They were showing me their cool shit. I'm like, if you want to leave that here, you can. I'll watch it for you. Wink, wink. Hey, speaking of that, dude, I'm, I know we've been going on for over an hour about this, but there was, uh, there was, we met a lot of cool people. That's, I guess that's a part we should talk about too. We met a lot of cool people. I know on Sunday, Brian and I had a, a real long, cool conversation with a lady who she's, uh, friended me on Instagram now or follow me on Instagram. I can't remember her name, but she was a Joe Bob fan. She was there to be, meet the night of the comedy. You remember her, Brian? She had the glasses. She was like an English literature teacher. Yeah, that was a great, great conversation with her. A lot of great conversations with a lot of great people. But one of the coolest ones was the younger couple from Brazil. And this blew my mind. This sweet young couple. They're probably early 20s, you know, maybe mid-20s. Real nice people. They showed up after talking with them. They came from Brazil for this event. Now, like I was, I told this story before and I said they were practical about it and they turned it into a vacation where they were checking out different states in America. But still, the, the specific reason they came from Brazil was to go to Flashback Weekend in Chicago because they had, they don't have horror cons or much of a culture in Brazil where they're from and they're fans. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. They were super nice to talk to. And, you know, we kind of joked with them that they've seen more of the U.S. than I have. Yeah, yeah, yep. I think what they flew into New York and went to like Washington D.C. and then they went to other East Coast places. Then they drove all the way to Chicago. Now they're driving all the way back to New York. And well, and I could be wrong, but I thought I thought they were hitting like Texas and Arizona. I thought they were going out west a little bit too. Oh, were they? Oh, maybe so. But yeah, yeah, it was cool. I couldn't imagine what they were spending like for that whole convention, and you know, so it just shows you how good we got it. You know, that it was just a couple hours from each of us. A little bit farther, probably for Clint. How far was it for you? So it was three and a half, four hours. So, and I usually, I usually stop about halfway through for a good twenty minutes or so and take a break and have a cigarette. And so, I mean, it was you know four and a half hours or so. But kind of spoiled by having these good cons around us. And well, I'm thankful. I'm happy. And God damn it, am I poor? Yep. Got to start working. Save up that earned time to take the time off. Save up the money to buy the stuff. Yep, I already uh, worked an extra day yesterday and put in some overtime. (sighs) 
I just got a raise though. UPS, I you know, I'm I'm a work for UPS. That's my day job. I am uh union, I'm a teamster, so I get contract raises. So I just got a pretty big raise with cost of living mixed into it, way more than what I thought. So basically my job is telling me my job yeah, yeah, it's it's very thankful, very, very blessed. Basically UPS is telling me, Hey Clint, go buy more shit. And I'm like, Okay. Just point me in the direction of where there's some cool horror merchandise. I'll do it. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, hope you like this little bonus episode. We love cons. We talk about cons and we thought it would be a good idea to kind of talk about our weekend, what we got, how it goes. We're all kind of pros. If you have any questions, reach out to us. You know, we'll help you out. But yeah, it was a good time. It was always good when we can all get together, hang out for the entire weekend and buy cool stuff and do the stuff that we love. How Clint was saying, blessed, we don't really have much going on with conventions and stuff this month or when this episode comes out. Jason and I are boring this month and Clint's got some cons coming up, but I will be walking in the Out of the Darkness walk representing the podcast and the mutant family. Just kind of like said, Clint, we kind of all feel like we're blessed. So it's a little way for us to give back and support, uh, you know, mental health issues and suicide prevention. So I'll be walking in that um, September 10th here where I live. It's kind of a nice break for everybody other than I have to edit 14 hours of podcasting in the next couple weeks. But yeah, check us out on our socials. I was just going to say 10 of those hours are just this bonus episode. (laughs) Hey, so is there, is there, I I will cut you off. Is there a link or, or something where like, if someone wanted to donate to that, like, is that something you could. I'll uh, share the link again on the social medias. You know, I like it. Spooky horror podcast on Facebook. I like it. Spooky horror podcast on Instagram and I like it spooky underscore. I like it underscore spooky. I feel like I just do that now just to do it. Like I know what it is. I just say it wrong so I can say it right uh, on Twitter. But uh, yeah, I'll share the the links again. And I'm about halfway to my goal. I set my goal at 150. I'm sure I'll surpass that because I have some very generous people in my life and friends and family and physician I work for is very generous. So it's me and my family, my mom, Tiffany Finley walk and then we have I have some co-workers that walk with us and it's just a nice day to go out and remember people and support the community yeah watch for that link on the podcast page speaking of supporting the community maybe we should let everybody hear about our podcast network you're listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's wrong with you, man? Show some fucking respect for the dead, will ya?